0: You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. It is Thursday, November 12th. We are previewing Notre Dame versus Boston College. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated with Pete Sampson from The Athletic. We just spoke with Brian Kelly a little bit ago, and uh, nothing earth-shattering other than Javon McKinley, Notre Dame's best wide receiver, will be available. Braden Lindsay, not yet, uh, but he's on track to uh, take the week off with the rest of the team next weekend and then be ready to play at North Carolina. Javon McKinley is um, really important to this team now.
1: There's no doubt about it. Um, Blocking all year, but he's come on uh, with the best game of his life at the most important time. (laughs) And the second best game of his life against one of the best corners he's faced. So at this point, you really want Javon McKinley to continue to grow. Um, I didn't think he was in real protocols just because Pete, I mentioned this to Tim, he did an ESPN interview, but obviously he's, just been a little bit above the protocol where they knew he'd probably be able to play and they were being safe until this point. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's
2: significant because they don't, they already don't are short on depth at wide receiver. So it, um, to go any lower than that is, is tricky. So yeah. I mean, aside from just coming off the best game he's ever played, um, you know, I think we talked about earlier in the year, we wanted the snaps of McKinley and Austin to flip and Austin to be in the ascendancy. Well, he's done for the year, and there's no one else to take those snaps away from McKinley. So they need him on the field because if he's not out there, then you know, you're know you you're moving Skoranek over, but then you're really down to Skoranek and Joe Wilkins, and that, yeah,
0: that's, that's kind of it. That's not a bunch of speed, no, no doubt. Well, yeah, you know, Tim, you make a good point. I mean, he's done it against Florida State. He did it against yeah. Clemson. The bar has been, you know, I put him in the category with Ian Book after last week, as well as Shane Simon, that they've now raised the bar, so the level of yeah. expectation of their performances. I mean, Javon McKinley going against the BC secondary. I know they like what they've done against the pass, but if you can if you can perform and, and excel at a high level against Florida State, and that, speaking of Florida State, you see Tamari and Terry's no longer. Uh, on their team did see that they
1: <laughs> will be finding the nearest draftkings.com website to uh, go against Florida state here sooner rather than later yeah. than because but he's anyway, a difference maker.
0: yeah I, I digress uh and and so the, you know Lindsay's on um on, on a, a path to playing in two weeks and they're going to need uh him and Brian Kelly said yeah there's still a role there can be a significant role for him moving forward Uh, with the offense, but, you know, some other playmakers have developed, so he's going to have to work his way into that rotation.
1: My my thought with McKinley, Pete, is he's he's not going to be perfect all of a sudden, you know, but if you can use him on those crosses, because he's good with the ball after the catch. He has been for now the last year. And if he can make more of those back shoulder catches, you pointed it out the week prior, right? It was against Georgia Tech the first time where you're like, that's something that hasn't been there. And now if he can add that, it really helps. Ian Book's confidence, I think, too.
2: Yeah, I we'll get into I'll save the red zone stuff for the second segment because we have a question about it. But it I don't wanna I don't want Javon McKinley to be cast as, you know, Golden Tate or Michael Floyd right. here, but like they just they don't have a lot of material at that position, so they need somebody that can rely on. But I, I'm totally with you. That in the back shoulder thing is that's a throw Book likes to make and he was comfortable immediately with Boykin and then with Claypool and you know, it's taken a while to get it going with McKinley, but it's
1: kind of there now a
0: little bit.
2: Yeah. So that's yeah, you gotta have that throw available to you if you're in book and it's it's good for Notre Dame that it still will be.
0: He's also making diving catches that 45 yarder, that's which amazing. I really thought I thought they were going to overrule. But I mean that you know, early in his career, would he have made those diving catches? I think the clear answer is no, which is why he wasn't on the field, or partially why he wasn't on the field. But let's talk about yeah, Tim
1: it's almost like guys can mature and get better in the program and become good players later on. And they don't have to be awesome as freshmen. Sometimes, well, sometimes you see it.
0: Yeah. And I, and I wrote about the receivers and what they've done since those first two games, what the, you know, what they've accumulated in the last five games, the last five games, the whiteouts have accounted for almost 800 yards, which I had to double check my math. It's like,
1: it still really? sounds wrong. Even if you don't yeah, I know, yeah. I
0: know exactly. But when you start adding them all up with Avery Davis, Vince Karanek in his 100-yard day. I mean, there have been several 100-yard days now for Notre Dame's wide receivers. But moving on to Boston College, Phil Jakovic, big opportunity for him, uh, big opportunity for Notre Dame's defense because I think if you keep him compressed and keep him bottled up, you know, when he gets on the edge, I mean, that's a big, impressive athlete. When you get him bottled up, I, I you know, you're, you're hearing now Ben Roethlisberger comparisons, which – is premature, but I, I get the size comparison. W- when you bottle him up, he loses his athleticism. Now he becomes a six, five guy. What'd I say? Jack clunky. He gets a little clunky when you have him surrounded because he's a, he's such a big body, but you know, he's going to want to get on the edge um, and he does some good things out there. And Zay flowers is a guy. My rule of thumb this week is follow flowers because they will get, and Brian Kelly said it today, he reiterated what I wrote in my film review about them, is that they will, he's not a slot receiver, as you said in our incident analysis, Tim. They're going to put him everywhere. They're going to jet sweep him. They'll fake jet, jet sweep and then still come back to him. They'll roll Dracovic one way and come back to Flowers the other way. He is their big play guy. Um, I think they, they have a couple other components that can hurt you in the passing game, but not with a breakaway ability that he offers.
1: What do you and Tim? What do you make of attacking Dracovic when he is the best in the country statistically against pressure? But you have to pressure Phil Dracovic, obviously. I mean, it, it's a strange dynamic with your six touchdowns, no yeah. picks, high completion percentage. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a weird. You
0: got to gotta
2: include the sacks in there, though, too. Yeah, I, feel I
0: think like... it's somewhat of an anomaly. I will say this: the receivers do a really great job of coming back to the football. Every yeah. one of them, they they come back to the football. And he, you know, he, he's got a, uh, there's length to his throws. I don't, he doesn't have a cannon. He showed a really nice touch. I mean, I, the more I watch him, it's like, man, he's really doing a nice job. Well, but he's his deep
1: balls. Nice. He's a nice oh, man. Of he deep threw, ball. he yeah.
0: threw a dime against Pittsburgh. He's thrown a couple raindrops out of the sky to guys. Yeah. There's no doubt with a really, really soft touch, but he's taking way too many sacks. And part of that, it has to be on the offensive line because they're averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Um, and, and so, and I realize there's a difference between pass blocking, and run blocking, but uh, he's taking too many sacks. He wants to hang in there. He does a great job of keeping his eyes down the field, which has always kind of been a problem of Ian book. Part of it is Ian book six, one and Jakovic six, five. So he can see a lot more if he, he keeps his eyes down the field, but he's done a great job of that. And I really like the way their receivers come back to the football.
2: I mean, the only Power Five teams that have allowed more sacks this season are Florida State, Duke, Syracuse, and Kansas. Um, so it's not that is not good company for where Boston College is offensively at yeah. uh, protecting Jakovic. And I, I mean, look, their offensive line is not a vintage group, but we've watched enough of Phil here, and you know, you watch some of Boston College's tape, and like he holds the ball like. Probably two beats longer than you should. Right. Um, and then suddenly you end up in some, some difficult situations where you're getting thrown to the ground.
0: Defensively. I'd be
1: Tim, I'd be interested to see if they do, and this is much different defensive structure, but remember how Alabama just never let Everett Golson get out of the pocket because they just knifed outside? Right. You figure that works. Something like that does work against Phil Dracovic, where you mentioned he's boxed in, he becomes less of an athlete. It,
0: it does. If you open up the middle of the field, though, he'll take that immediately, too. And he's a lot like Book. If you if you give him that opening, he mm-hmm. will go ahead and take it. So we have questions in the second segment about how they'll deal with him, and we'll, we'll address that then. But defensively, I look at their defensive line. I really like what Marcus Valdez does, number 97 defensive end, but he's not a prototypical defensive end. I love Max Richardson, their linebacker last year. He's still very good. The tape of Isaiah McDuffie, their other linebacker, does not validate his stats because I I mean, I see him missing a lot of plays on the second level for them, and that would explain some of their rush defense issues uh DeBerry and Matry and Sebastian those guys are all have done good things in the secondary but man I you know I just I keep coming back to if Notre Dame's head is on straight I think this is a defense Virginia Tech rushed for 350 yards uh, and yeah. Virginia, Virginia they're Tech They're a good running team they, though. They're, they headed, are. No, hookers
1: makes them a good There's
0: no doubt but Notre Dame is yeah, is, an Notre, excellent Notre Dame is good team. too. At it. They yeah, they're too. pretty good at it too and I and I just think that Boston College's defensive front, they're going to have to commit linebackers uh on run blitzes because I don't think their D line's going to hold up.
2: I agree. I agree with everything you said. It's you know, it's difficult for me to see Boston College's path to an upset win unless Dracova completes about like six fifty yard passes.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm with you on. Uh, I think the beginning of the Clemson game where he was just so hot and the receivers were making plays, and then there's a mistake by Notre Dame. You know, you know Notre Dame is not as built to come back from 28-13 or 27-10. Clemson was coming back. I mean, you you just wanted to know how much if they're going to run out of time or not if Boston College would get another touchdown. But you knew Clemson was going to score more than the 27 points that BC had. So I think if you had that start by Boston College, you would put Notre Dame in also the first time in a long time thinking about it, Notre Dame and book and Kelly and everything. I mean, that's, that's a tough mental place to go to BC and be down all of a sudden after, you know, beating Clemson. Um, so that I'm with you, Pete, maybe that six, 50 yard bombs. How about two in a, in a, the fifth, Brian defensive Kelly, touchdown. Yeah, defensive touchdown thing. And then you're like, Oh man, this is.
2: A- yeah. They're going to be oh, sitting yeah. there thinking like, God, why did we watch the 93 BC tape last night? <laughs> why
1: did we, we keep watching that? That was really a bad idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you talk about being behind, and certainly you don't want to put yourself in that position. Uh, there have been 420 minutes of football. You know, long Nordain's been behind. Give me a just, round
1: number. I just read it, so I'd be kidding. <laughs> eight, <laughs> okay. eight minutes?
0: Uh, actually, Duke had 11 of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Duke, Duke had, it's, been, it's like 22 minutes. Duke had half of of the amount of time that Nordane has been behind this year, huh.
1: hey Pete, Nordame. we have to update the uh, <laughs> uh, the first game as the portent for the rest of the season because Duke's didn't work out this time. No,
0: <laughs> yeah. I believe that like when we were talking about this,
1: did, like, the the,
2: pen, the pandemic sort of like invalidated that rule for the year. That's four, true.
0: Uh, Duke that's was true. ahead eleven twenty two. Florida State was ahead four thirty one. Louisville was ahead three fifty four and Clemson was ahead 3-11, and and USF and Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech were not in the lead. Notre Dame has been leading 70% of the time, and of course there's the built-in tie for the first few minutes of most games until someone scores, unless you score like Notre Dame did 33 seconds into the game last week. But they have not been behind by much, and they haven't been behind very often and they all need to start a different pattern going to Boston College because, look, Boston College is motivated differently when it comes to playing Notre Dame. Differently than Notre Dame is to play them.
1: Yes, always. Bill Dracovic changes that a little bit, though. We'll get into that as we continue. I want to give Priester a shout-out for his – Two to three week scouting efforts on Isaiah McDuffie, who, according to Pro Football Focus, is the lowest ranked defensive player on Boston College's
0: team. I'll be darned.
1: (laughs) There you go. Although one guy that had four snaps is also right down there. But I think uh, his 509 might speak. (laughs) I was not
0: aware of PFF's ranking, but man, you keep watching him. It's like bad angle, missed tackle, another bad angle. (laughs) He's not around the ball, it's like, but <laughs> yet he's, great. <laughs> but he's second leading tackler, and then I see him make a sack against North Carolina, and you think, am I missing something here, or are the stats deceptive? Well, that tells us a little something about that. Last thing, segment one. If you if you see Boston College's kick coverage numbers, do not believe them because they suck at that. They are really bad. I mean, I'm telling you, this is a great opportunity. For Brian Pullen and Chris Tyree to have a big return. They are bad tackling the football on kick returns. We'll see if it finally shows up for Notre Dame.
1: So, Tim, we can never get to bring this up again. It will not be like us sitting at the Fiesta Bowl 2015 against Ohio State when every time they kicked off, we just looked at each other and said, Urban Meyer, when they kept tackling Notre Dame on the 11 yard line oh, somehow on kickoffs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, if Notre Dame and Notre Dame should try to return every Kickoff that they can hope. I would presume they're not going to be receiving a ton of kickoffs, but when they do return it because they're not good at it. Segment two coming up Burning Up the Boards Irish 101 is powered by Indiana
1: Dunes Tourism on the web at com
0: We're back for segment two Burning Up the Boards. We start with a question from AJ Smith 2021 Are we officially beyond the potential super spread? from after the Clemson game. Pete, you have some stats today, right?
2: Yeah, it's just I'm from Notre Dame's dashboard. And, you know, Brian Kelly described this as like, you know, not really beyond it, but holding steady in a good way. And I, I mean, Notre Dame's numbers on their, their university dashboard are 34 positives on the ninth, 27 positives on the 10th, 23 positives on the 11th. Overall, those numbers are kind of in line with week prior so their their overall seven day moving average of positive cases has dropped um they have a ton of active cases on campus but overall it seems like it a bomb did not go off i think in the way that you felt like oh man
0: so they they survived halloween is what you're saying
2: and uh the clemson game
0: right yeah i thought uh a good point about halloween
1: i mean that's you're just going to, it's like if they had some type of, uh, if they were staying in town after midterms for some reason, or like there was a graduation week, it's going to spike graduation week too, if that were happening. Um, I was watching David Pollock and Todd McShay yesterday, and McShay made, excuse me, Pollock made a great point. It's like, I expect all the teams in it to get better or avoid spikes, and I expect all the teams out of it to just say, other oh, guys are going to say, hey, man, I'm going to go kick it. I don't care. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And that's totally agree. It's going to happen. Yeah.
2: I totally agree.
1: Yeah.
0: Question from Joseph Ramis. How confident are you that Notre Dame comes out Saturday and handles business like the number two team in the country without any emotional hangover from the Clemson win? Also, do you anticipate Ian Book throwing the ball more down the field and getting the vertical passing game going? Uh, I mean, I'm not
2: confident at all they'll handle it like the number two team in the country because that would imply they're going to win like 55-3. to three. So I I think they're, they'll come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I mean, they played – that was like the, the best Notre Dame win in 27 years.
1: <laughs> you got you technical on us. <laughs> so I,
2: I, don't, I don't think you're going to turn around and then play as well as you did against Clemson. That's okay because it's Boston College and not Clemson. But I don't know. I mean, like, what's the spread for this game? Is it 16, 15? 13 and a half Thir- is what I left. 13 and a half. I feel like if they cover, great. Um, and I think that I'm, that's what I feel good about. I feel yeah. good about recovery.
0: I thought it was interesting. Brian Kelly talked about not, you know, crisp. Wasn't necessarily the word this week for practice because it was such a physical game. So he had to back off on them on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's anticipating, you know, Thursday's kind of your run through everything that you want to do offensively and defensively on Saturday, so it's a fast-paced, no pads uh, kind of practice. Um, so, you know, it wasn't business as usual, but that's the adjustment that you have to make. They monitor snaps in practice, snaps in games, and he he uses that as a as a guide and as a barometer. Um, but, I mean, Tim, are you completely confident that there won't be – if they were – I mean, it's Boston College. Boston College, yeah. is, they – they had a letdown, a quote, letdown win last week, and no coming to town. So I, I expect them to be really, really good.
1: I am not confident about it because human nature versus mental performance. Uh, I think human nature is going to win. But I, I, I agree with Pete that um, a cover is a great job by the number two team of the country on the road against Boston college against your old quarterback. Just
0: it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, Notre Dame it, doesn't it's... need any
2: style points from no. here until December
1: 19th. Well,
0: I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, right, you want...
1: the relevant thing is this for his second question. And do you anticipate Ian book looking like he looked against Clemson? Cause if he does, they're going to put it on him. They will absolutely. Barry Boston College. I mean, Boston College
0: can't stop the run, so why would Ian
1: Book throw for three hundred yards? That's just 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 looking good, moving around. Right.
0: That's just it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think their approach would be the same. We have another question that'll ask us for overs and unders, and yeah, I I'm still as great as Ian Book played last week, and it was fantastic and good for him, you know. But I'm still not at the point where I'm confident that he's going to string games together because as well as he played last week, we still haven't seen him string games together. Certainly against quality competition.
1: EwAC 29, Clark Lee, likes to take away opposing teams' best weapons, or as you have said previously, make them play left-handed. What are BC's weapons beyond Zay Flowers?
0: Well, I still think you've got to tackle David Bailey, because if you don't bring him down, if you're not physical with him, he'll be physical with you, and he will run you over. And then he's got a spin move, which, I hate running backs that do spin moves, but it it's it's a it's a very effective it's a very effective move for him because he comes out of it balanced and ready to get upfield. So you have to tackle him. And he's only averaging three point I mean he's literally averaging two yards less per carry than he did last year. And I think that's more of a you know, the emphasis on offense by Halfley and his groups, uh, Frank Signetti. Um I think it's Frank, isn't it Frank? Yep. Um you know, it's more it's more on a a, a passing game with with Djokovic, but they still want to run it. Um, so I you still have to be able you got to tackle him. I, CJ Lewis is a guy that I've liked. I, I think he's a really resourceful receiver for them, uh, but but not in this you know not a breakaway guy. Hunter Long is a guy that just gets open all the yes. time. And then defensively, I love Max Richardson last year, and I think he's a really good player, but wherever zay flowers goes you've got you've got to account for him i somehow you need to spy him and spy jerkovic when jerkovic gets gets outside of the pocket yeah I, I would
2: i would think hunter long would be the guy which you know i got i love that jerkovic's favorite target is somebody named long <laughs> how
0: about that <laughs> yeah I, now isn't that interesting no
1: it, took re- me a, it took me a full half yeah, second as Actually, far as yeah. i know no
0: <laughs> as far as i know no relation between hunter long and chip long but good point very interesting hunter long's a good player I amazing mean, you know but he's not a guy that's that's uh you know going to beat you deep down the field that's zay flowers so you got to account for him and you got to tackle bailey and uh, i think
1: you know, I, I, they're going to tackle Bailey. Notre Dame yeah, is a physical I, I, team. I, I agree. Zay yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flowers I mean... can change things. That's, he's, a different, he's a different cat, just like Amari Rodgers. But Amari Rodgers had a bunch of help. That's, that's the problem with Amari Rodgers. Is there a bunch of Amari Rodgers running around out yeah. there is the problem with Amari, right. Amari Rodgers. Yeah. K. Beasley, considering how well the coaches know Djokovic and how poor BC's rush offense is, do they A, blitz more, B, play more Tampa 2, or C, rush 4 and cover 7 with a spot? All
0: of the above, right? Yeah, I think yeah, it, yeah I think you you know you got you still have a young quarterback, so you want to get him give him as many looks as you can, just like last week. Although that freak of nature, you know, didn't <laughs> oh
1: my goodness
0: a... react poorly oh, to most certain. of those situations, <laughs> but uh, I the main thing is to keep Dracovic within the pocket. Uh, and, and really, and, and get that to collapse on him. Cause like I said, he gets pretty clunky at that point. And, um, you know, you want to, I mean, you do what Clark Lee does. I, I think right. Clark Lee gives a variety of looks and I, and I think that that is the best way to, to beat a, not a freshman quarterback, but a first, first time starting quarterback this year,
1: I think a variety of looks, but when it's third and 11, I like the look where Notre Dame makes Phil Dracovic read everything and beat them with a throw rather than, see single coverage on Zay Flowers and Hunter Long and decide which one he wants to athlete the ball into. Right. That and makes if, you're sense. Gonna, yeah. if
0: you're going to drop seven or eight, then you, then you have to spy Djokovic. Yes. You have, yep. you have the yep. manpower yep. to do that. And, and that's the best, that's the best way to do it. PG P- Duman, PG Duman after Phil Dracovic is hit hard repeatedly. Will the Notre defense help him off the ground?
1: I appreciate the bloodlust in PG Duman. <laughs> Duman, um, <laughs> I enjoy that in football, but uh, not, not when the game's close. I have not seen them help anybody up this year. They don't. They don't help people up. It's a, I like it, but it doesn't seem like they're really into it. It's, it's yeah, a good I thing. Th-
0: is uh, is the question? You know, directed at do they have some animosity towards Phil Jacob? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know what the defense players don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think know, so. But the defensive uh, players but probably barely know him. So,
1: who do you want to? Who do you want to uh, make sure you don't lose two more? Your ex teammate or Dennis Grossel or Grossel? <laughs> you know, it's Phil Dracovic is going to bring out the little bit of the best in the people when they're. I mean, you you got to come a little harder. He is yeah. going to hit you. You got to the immediate competitor in you with your friend or ex teammate is that guy is not going to beat me. Yeah, All of them I have think to feel that way.
2: there's some of that. Like, I guess I would say. Phil Jacobi is going to be more fired up to face Notre Dame than Notre Dame is going to be faced
1: to oh, up to yeah. face Phil <laughs> Like, he's going to be hot. Did um, you hear yeah. what he, he said at the beginning of the year? He said, we wanted him to schedule and we got him.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, he, like. All right. Let's, let's see how he performs <laughs> under the, the pressure of Clark Lee's defense and see. He'll still be fired up. I mean, Pete's yeah, right. I, Phil Jacobi is of going to be course. fired up.
2: Like, Clark Lee's defense has nothing to do with the fact that he hated football so much he was willing to move to tight end. Like.
1: Like
0: you know, there. By the way, who coached yeah. tight ends?
2: Who coached tight ends last year? Yeah, been I know. It Would have been though. kind of an <laughs> ironic move, <laughs> wouldn't it? Man? We got
0: irony all around here <laughs> with Notre Dame, Boston College. I, I, yeah. I think he's going to be motivated to play, of course. But I, but I think that he's going to show. It's, it's human nature for him to show some, some nerves going against Notre Dame, and it's not like the old days where. You know, there was a time when if you transferred from from your school and then played against that team, there would be some animosity. Yeah, yeah. guys don't look at it that way now. They it's, don't. They really it's don't. About go get go get yours, and you yeah. gotta leave. Go ahead, man. We're behind you. But um, no, they're gonna be motivated. Uh, yeah, but
1: the older guys will be motivated too. There, there's. They don't even have some mean players. It's good. <laughs> they really do. Kurt and Drew or not? I mean, Iish is not nice out there. It's a nice thing. Again, Hamilton's got a screw loose. It's wonderful. That's why, I mean, that's why he's going to be special. Hamilton has a little ghost somewhere in his mind when he's hitting you. He's, well, and he's, he's a different is, cat.
0: As quick and strong and aggressive as he is, he still remains fundamentally sound in yeah. his tackling technique, which is just, that's, a, that's an amazing ability to combine all of those positive traits of a, of a defensive player a safety.
1: Crawford's talkative like to a fault almost. You see him after plays against Clemson. He is – they're a chippy group these days. I want to go back and see how many people they've helped up this year. Did you see how many –
0: you see how many times Kyron Williams got into conversations with people? I think we mentioned that on Monday, but –
1: There was a nice part of the game. I don't know if you guys saw this in the film review. I put it in the 100 things. Uh, BT Potter, the uh, really annoyingly good kicker on Clemson that kept knocking home field goals – uh, when he hit a field goal, I saw one of the learning players run by him. Potter got this like giant smile on his face. So I was like, that was weird. It was just a field goal. And I looked and it was uh, he and Nick McLeod are high school teammates. Oh, and Nick right, McLeod right. must have been uh, like, hey, good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And he kept hitting field goals. Yeah, McLeod,
0: think, yeah. Uh McLeod mentioned him on uh, oh he well, did that was yeah, oh yeah, he did. Yeah. wash and D over-unders for Saturday. I'll go one at a time. Ian Book over I think we're gonna agree on all these. Ian Book, over under 275 yards passing. A under. 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 Notre Dame rushing over or under 200. Over. Way over. I agree with that. <laughs> and, like 400,
1: 100? <laughs> yeah. Like at halftime? Is this a halftime yeah, yeah. number?
0: Okay, nice. B- <laughs> that, that could happen. That could happen. BC scoring offense over under 20 and a half points. So, under.
2: Well under. I agree. Set these lines. Wash N D. Yeah. Go back to camp, handicapping school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got you there. Wash D. Uh, TDISU 19. What key takeaways from the passing game? Did you walk away with after watching the Clemson game? What encourages you moving forward and what still concerns you also? What is the next evolution in the passing game this season?
2: Uh, well, I'm going to step over the red zone question. Now I've held that long enough, but like, Javon McKinley, do you know how many catches in the red zone he has this year?
0: Mm, Probably not good. I do because Pete told me,
1: so I'm not going to answer.
2: Zero. Wow. Uh, Ben Skoranek has one. It was last week. So that's are they not targeting
0: him or they're he's not getting open? I don't. I I mean, if he's open, I think Ian Book would throw it to him. Yeah. Um, You (laughs) know, it's like not not necessarily. But
1: but, I was going to say, do you see Tommy Tremble in the red zone? I mean. He wants to get the
2: ball to the receivers. I just don't think that they're athletic enough, or the whatever the reason. Yeah, McKinley
0: is. needs to be in space to. I, I get did, what you're saying. They
2: got to have something in a competitive catch situation. I mean, like Kevin Austin's incompletion. Um, like I don't even remember who was that against. It was so long ago, but like that was really the other than Avery Davis. So I'm I'm excluding from a wide receiver because he's a slot guy here. Um, That's it. That's the only time I feel like I've seen a receiver make a play in the red zone. Um, So I think for the season, the wide receivers, excluding slots, have four catches.
1: My positive, though, is that uh, perhaps all that lack of all that lack, perhaps the lack of work Ian Book had with these guys over the spring, summer. Their careers is getting mitigated by they're getting some work now and McKinley, Davis and Skoranek have settled in as the three wide receivers with Tremble and Mayer in the passing game. And that's the passing game. Uh, they tried a special play to Joe Wilkins. It, that would have worked great in a flag football game where you have 27 seconds to throw. He would have been wide open. I cannot believe how long that play took to develop against Clemson. There was no chance. I mean, I just think Wilkins is a reliable guy to come in, but he's not the evolution. And Brayden Lindsey, he's the evolution in the jet sweep game. But he's yeah. not the evolution leads the game. T- he leads game the wide either.
0: receivers in red zone catches. <laughs> that's two. right. Oh, my gosh. And he's barely played. I will say that I think, and I think we had another question on this. I ended up excluding it because it was a runover. But I still think, you know, as long as book can be accurate with the screen game. And I know people were saying, well, why aren't they throwing screens against Clemson? And I, get, and I guess you could have slipped him out of the backfield. Uh, but he was so important to the pass blocking that it was just an area of the playbook that, that Tommy Reese did not exp- explore more. Um, I could see why you know, they didn't have an Isaiah Simmons running out, running around out there. So, which would be enough reason to avoid that. But I, <laughs> but I that. still yeah. think, you know, because Reese has been good and when he's called it and this is not a game, you know, Boston College's pass rush is should not get home hardly at all against Ian book. So you don't, you know, you don't have to keep Kyron Williams in there despite what an amazing pass blocking effort he gave last week. And I think, There should be L and additionally, BC has been very vulnerable to screen passes this year. So there could be some, some opportunities with that this week.
1: You know, who's good at screen passes, Clemson's wide receivers. Holy cow. Do (laughs) they go fast when they catch the ball on screen passes? That was a great weapon for them. That was, I thought they were going to get back into it with all that. Powell and Rogers.
0: Yeah. Rogers is really explosive and uh, Powell on slants, anything underneath is, is really, really dangerous.
1: Uh, we're going to skip slicer, right? Cause we just kind of talked about it. Jim underscore Booney, CRS backup players on offense and defense who will see an uptick in snaps against Boston
0: college. Well, defensively everybody plays. So yeah. I mean, I, um, I could see you know, if you're talking about this game, Nordame builds a lead and has a comfortable lead for half the game or more, you know, Cam Hart, you could see a little bit more him. We could see Isaiah Pryor a little bit more him offensively. You know, I, I Flemister only carried once. I think we're going to see him play a bigger role this week. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't have any reason to believe this outside of he's been working at receiver a little bit more. Maybe they've got something with Jafar Armstrong that they can throw out there.
2: I I like the Cam Hart, um, and then a lot more Tyree and Flemister than we've yeah. seen in the last couple of weeks. And it, like, and that's not the the really. I guess when I say Tyree and Flemister, it's not because I want to see Tyree and Flemister more necessarily, even though that'd be great. I would like to see Kyron Williams a little bit less.
0: Well, had yeah, after
2: last
1: week.
0: Twenty-three carries and all the hits that he absorbed as that's a fastball. Man, I mean
1: and, and, and run block. He blocked for book. He probably hit thirty-five right. hits. In exactly.
0: That game. That's a ton, man. That's a ton for a running back.
1: Tariq Bracey is the technical answer to who should uh, see yeah. more snaps than eight. Um that was a benching though. So I I want to I'm not going to say they're going to see more snaps, but they see more steps every week besides Clemson. This definitely is telling DJ Brown and uh, Houston Griffith <laughs> only got six snaps apiece last week. And that's because they don't trust them compared mm-hmm. to uh, their other safeties. Yeah. Which, which makes sense.
0: Two questions combined. First from Cobb 785. When do you expect to see some playing time for Xavier Watson, Jordan Johnson tied in with DBZ underscore one, if possible, She'll be working some younger receivers in this game to create more depth.
2: Whew, I really thought we we're going to go a whole week without uh, Jordan. That's John's why I question. had I
0: had now I had to include it.
2: Okay. Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe we'll see them this week. Maybe we won't. But I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter for the context of the season anymore.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I don't think you'll see them. I do think they will both travel because McKinley is obviously a minor uh, injury concern. And Skronik's a walking injury concern because it's, he seems fine, but you can always tweak your hamstring, right? If you've had a hamstring injury in August and September, you can have a hamstring injury when yeah. it's cold later.
0: I yes. mean, the, re, the, I, the reality now is that these guys are, I mean, bar, barring another rash of injuries or right. COVID or something, those two young guys are, it's just going to come later.
1: It is going to come later. Brian Kelly had said a couple of weeks ago when they had time to work them in against poor teams we are, we know who we have and that's who we have. And he wasn't going to use them. So unless McKinley just doesn't respond well, then you do need one of them. But I think it'd be Jafar Armstrong. I think Brian Kelly's going to make sure he doesn't lose games because he has his veteran players out there that aren't going to blow it.
0: Brian Kelly made a point. Yeah. Brian Kelly made a point of saying on Monday that, you know, development is not, he didn't say it exactly like this, but Development is not always about how many freshmen you get out there, but do your players in the program continue to develop a la Avery Davis, a la Javon McKinley. I would have thought that after after this Clemson game with what those two older guys did, that we wouldn't necessarily be uh, you know, think, talking about the young receivers. But everybody wants to see them, and I get it.
1: I get it too because Jordan Johnson and Xavier Watts are two very uh... – Two guys we really like on film. Jordan Johnson is highly rated. Xavier Watts is everybody's favorite three-star sleeper. We all actually agree with everything people are saying about them, other than that they should play for Notre Dame's number two football team this year ahead of Mm -hmm. the fifth-year seniors. However, think of it this way. Notre Dame played Clemson in 2018, and the whole bowl practice, Brian Kelly said, and we have one freshman who's going to be activated for this game. Anybody remember Lawrence Keys or Micah Jones or Kevin Austin or Joe Wilkins or whoever the other guy, Braden Lindsey, making a single play against Clemson or being out there? Same thing this year. You're going to hear it again. Yeah, Joe Wilkins. He's, Jordan Johns is ready to go uh, he's next year. That's where it's
0: going. Uh, we have a second question from TDISU19, which I didn't realize I did. Yeah, but And that is, who would you write? <laughs> This 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 might be directed at me. Because yeah, my...
1: answer your own question here. All right,
0: <laughs> who would you rather watch on the sidelines? Pittsburgh head coach Pat Narduzzi, or former Boston College head coach Steve Adazio? I, got, I got, I'm with. I'm rolling with
2: Narduzzi on this one. Yeah. Hopefully it's not <laughs> well, recently
0: Adazio, biased. Adazio, they both great it. Adazio got a decree from Boston College a couple years ago. You better dial it back, dude. Or you're gone. Well, yeah, he's gone now, but he, his demeanor on the sideline was way different the last couple of years. Narduzzi's. What can I say? Uh, you know, I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I, what is he I, doing talking
0: in the interviews? Talking about Notre Dame in the ACC. It's way, way over your pay scale, pal. He has been the head coach at, at Pittsburgh since 2015. He has had, two four-game winning streaks, and two three-game winning streaks.
1: And what does he care about the ACC? He's only got a year and a half left in it.
0: Yep. If that, he's going to last out <laughs> It might long. have been yeah. less had he not had yeah. he not hammered Florida State last yeah. week. I, Pat Narduzzi is the least self-aware coach in the ACC.
1: Nice. Well, dazio has gone, so you're also I'm trying to run through the
0: ACC coaches right now. Well, feeling. it doesn't even matter. You yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. have to think about it because – Kelly's very self aware. Kelly's self aware. Narduzzi, self-aware. He's yeah. an ACC Narduzzi coach. can't Narduzzi can't get plays signaled. He's got his quarterback wearing out a path against Notre Dame coming over and getting the play. <laughs> it's it's you know, and weird. I know Notre Dame struggled with Clemson stealing their signals, but they came up with a solution this yeah. past week. Narduzzi, no, you got you got you've got a young quarterback in the game. He's got enough on his plate playing against Notre Dame and he's wearing out a path between the middle of the field and the sideline getting the play. And Pat Narduzzi's commenting about whether Notre should be in the ACC or whether they should boycott them.
1: Plus, if he says play BYU or whoever, you know how much harder the schedule would be if they had to play BYU instead of Pittsburgh, for crying out loud? <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? BYU would house Pittsburgh this year. I- <laughs>
0: Everybody that I know knows Pat Narduzzi says he's an awesome guy, great guy, and I'm sure he is. And I think he's a really good defensive coach, a little over-aggressive for his own good at times.
1: I think he doesn't like Notre Dame very
0: much. That's another thing. I don't think he's a very good head football coach. No,
1: I agree with that. I also don't think he likes Notre Dame, which is fine. A lot of people don't. You don't have to like Notre Dame.
0: But you do have to play them, and you shouldn't yeah. get beat by six touchdowns when you Maybe do. Maybe you
2: just prefer not to have to play them. That's it's really this long <laughs> game to get Notre Dame
1: out <laughs> entirely. Coach Swafford, as he said, <laughs> yeah. did you hear that in the interview? Uh, that's enough, Narduzzi. CMU Penns fan is the solution to Notre Dame's red zone flaws, Pete? Just boiled down to better execution by players, or does the play calling need adjusting once inside the twenty? Just better, better play. I mean, let's let's look at.
2: The stat that I gave on Javon McKinley in the context of last year, what if after eight games, Chase Claypool had zero catches in the red zone? Like, does that, <laughs>
0: that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even make like, sense.
1: No, it doesn't. You can't even say those things. It's not
2: okay. Well, they it's,
0: wouldn't have finished 11 and two. Been the case. Now, yeah. I, Pete, I agree with you. Last week, however, I mean, book fumbled and Mayer moved early and Mayer dropped a pass. So that none of that sure. had anything to do with personnel. But in general, yeah, yeah. I mean, your point's taken, and, and it's really taken when you start throwing out stats like you have with the wide receivers. I'm still, still can't you throw the you can't throw the ball up to Michael Mayer? You mean he can he can carve out he can carve know, out yeah, a huge space that. in the middle of the field, right. but he can't do it in the end zone. I realize the space is compressed, what have you? It is.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure that out. I mean, I wonder if there's a maybe he doesn't have a great vertical. You know, so you're not throwing it. I don't know. It's an uh, interesting. Fine Pittsburgh. It did seem fine. It did. I know. I, I was thinking about that two weeks ago, actually, before the Clemson game. Why we haven't seen that? Because um, they certainly flexed out Eifert and they flexed out Rudolph. I mean, Rudolph was a different coach, but they flexed out Rudolph. They yeah. flexed out Eifert. It's an interesting. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. You would think that'd be part of the solution. Um, scoring from outside the red zone is my number one solution. Do that once in a while, and you don't have to be perfect for 15 plays. Yeah,
0: true. Wheat and fan. How can we get a, a real appreciation of, of just how physical Notre Dame's defense, offensive line, tight ends, and running backs have been?
2: I asked about this I think your
0: question I asked Drew White and Pete asked Brian Kelly.
2: Yeah, and uh, so it turns out they don't really necessarily track it as a statistic, but they do track the video of Notre Dame plowing people, and they show it on Mondays. Um, and that... I think sort of feeds, in on, feeds on itself, right? Like, I think that's – you know, of all the identity points of this team this year, I feel like it's going to – I'm going to remember it most for all those players who are like, oh, down on the ground in the fourth quarter from the opposing team.
1: Yes, it's been a string of them. Uh, you know, guys at, uh,
0: guys at the end of the game Saturday that weren't playing. Bursi, their defensive end. Bachhorse, their guard. Uh, and three of their four starting defensive backs were not in the game at the end of the game or in overtime because Norton beat the hell out of them.
1: They do. Drew White, if people are wondering, the uh, story goes up today, I believe. Drew White said, Yeah, we didn't think they had seen our physicality. And now they have. Yep. He, he said we he said he felt it was right. what, yeah. It was a uh it was a sight to behold because now I will say Clemson is a little bit younger up front and had their reserves that were coming in for the guys that are hurt or younger. And when those when those guys have been through the Clemson strength program in three years, or they're all back in 2022, they might be a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think that Clemson is lacking talent. They're lacking experience talent right now. And it, I mean, it shows, it showed Saturday and it showed against Boston college and.
1: Look, all right. Notre Dame's three fastest players are Braden Lindsay. Jordan Johnson will say Kevin Austin and Chris Tyree. Let's say all those guys started. Would this be the most physical Notre Dame offense you ever seen? No, it wouldn't. Be. Or did Javon McKinley, Kyron Williams, and two tight ends make them physical?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, what it comes down to. Certainly, what you just said, McKinley and the two tight ends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about well, setting the tempo? And Skaronic's
1: have, a big guy. I mean, he's. Right, well, people him up too. There. And then yeah. you have five
0: yeah. offensive linemen that are that are yeah. Tyron
2: Williams
1: is an ass kicker. Right? Yes, right. he is. He is. All right, well, this
0: this next question ties into that from records, 33 High. This team's level of physicality seems to be one of its strengths. Why is Notre Dame so physical this year, and is it repeatable year in and year out? Can the culture be continued, or is it just because of the players currently on the team? I the I mean, personnel it's not, that we just mentioned has a lot to do with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, can the culture be continued? Yes. Are you going to have – Three fifth or three two fifth year seniors and two other seniors on your offensive line, all of whom are like NFL guys. Right. No, like that that's rare. It is. So that, that you're not gonna have all the time.
1: I think people forget this because of how cool Fosky is and uh Sean Crawford's a small guy. Here's who starts fifth year senior, 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 fifth year senior, 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 fifth year senior, Kyle Hamilton, sixth year senior, and Shane Simon. That's the defense. That's, that's the strength was, program that they have been. I was going to say that's years. a big
0: reason. Matt Bayless is a big reason. The offensive line that has collectively been around for the starting offensive line has collectively been around for yeah. twenty, you know, <laughs> twenty seasons collectively. Uh, now next year. Could. I mean, could, well, you, you,
1: you got. You got to get Banks back. You got to get the Banks left tackle thing back. That's that's a crucial aspect of next year. Well, and Robert Hainsy
0: might come back because. Yeah, but I bet he won't. Yeah. won't. Kramer won't. Eichenberg won't. Right. You're Banks not going to. to be. Yeah. But even with Banks, if those three guys lose, uh, leave. There's. You're not going to be as fiscal up front, and it's not the culture's the same. The the training that Matt Bayless is going to put them through will be the same but you just don't have the cumulative amount of trips to the weight room.
2: <laughs> right. And it's like the line from 2017, like, because they won the Joe Moore award, is that a, a culture that should be there every year? Like you, you should have good offensive lines every year, but you're not going to have the best. The, minds, like, the
0: mindset is part of the culture that yeah. stays, but and you like, just can't repeat the physicality. Right.
2: Yeah. Just, it's different. It's a different group of guys. Like all due respect to Andrew Christofik and Quinn Carroll, but
1: like, that three three years that conversation could be about Andrew Cristofic Quinn Carroll and sure. Z exactly. Carroll. Yeah,
2: yep. But probably not in 2021.
1: M. Melham, if Notre Dame makes the playoffs, do you see any chance they can beat Alabama or Ohio State? I just can't bring myself to believe they can play with those <laughs> two.
0: This is uh, <laughs> this is by the way our our last question here for today and uh P go ahead. Uh
2: <laughs> Any chance? Yes. Um would I pick Notre Dame to beat, eat, beat Alabama? No. Uh, Ohio State? I'd like to see more of Ohio State. I feel like Ohio State's defense yeah. is like more of a rebuilding job than people are uh, letting on right now.
1: Yeah, I concur. Um, I do think there's a chance they can beat one of them. I think Alabama's better than Ohio State. I do think there's a chance they could beat Alabama. What I don't think there's a chance is that they can beat Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State in their last three games this year. That yeah. seems really hard to me.
0: Can I imagine? cannot
1: believe how hard it is
0: now to win the title. That? It's like no. Nording's, it's like Nording's men's basketball schedule—at yeah. <laughs> um, least the Some first nine games. It. You know, it's interesting because if we if if we had had this, <laughs> it's interesting because <laughs> if we had a ha- if we had had this question seven days ago, you know, I don't think that we would have answered it the same way. But well, no, we... it,
1: that's important because the physicality was against Clemson. I knew they were going to be physical against it. Georgia Tech. <laughs> no, I, I get
0: it I yeah. mean, it, it was the ultimate proving ground in Notre Dame Stadium and and is it is it the Clemson of 2 years ago or even last or let's say 2 years ago? No, it's no. not. But you know, that, hey, it is what it is. It's college football. The same way Notre Dame's offensive line is not going to be as physical next year as it is now, Clemson's offensive and defensive fronts aren't as good as they were 2 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the like, cyclical, cyclical nature of of college football.
2: I would just say like the confidence Notre Dame gets from last Saturday night is just so massive. If, if they do get in, like, let's say they beat Clemson two times. Could, I mean, could Notre Dame football, when's the last time Notre Dame would have, football would have been as confident going into the playoff at, or a big game as it would be this year after two wins over Clemson.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, that's even like a close loss to Clemson. If you make it, I would think Notre Dame would have a level of confidence about itself that would go above and beyond 2012 or 2018, even though they would have had a loss. So I just, I don't know. It's, I, I wouldn't rule anything out with this team. You are, are they suddenly going to have world beaters on the outside? They're going to challenge Alabama and Ohio state. I don't, I don't know about that, but man, it's the physicality that, that would travel in the playoff for sure.
0: sure. And I, you know, I'm not answering the question because they go to Boston College this weekend. They take a week off and they go to North Carolina where it's going to be a challenge. I don't, you know, will, I mean, be, that's just a, I mean, yeah. you feel because of the, absolutely what you guys said. I mean, because of the physicality of last Saturday, yeah, you feel a lot better about those games, but that is a long, long way off, man. The notion of beating Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State to win the national I'm playoffs. telling you,
1: that's the thing. <laughs> Think about that, man. That's,
0: you don't have, you probably don't have to beat Clemson in order to get a shot at those other two. As long as you take care of business, you there's know, there's a weird combination
1: coach. of those games you got to win. And that's, can you it's imagine, not a comfortable one. Can,
0: can, you, can you imagine being a Notre Dame fan or a journalist covering Notre Dame if they beat Clemson twice and Alabama and Ohio State in the same year? That's so far off. It's That that can't, that couldn't happen. Could that I is remember? where so, I think Brian where Kelly, where'd, where'd the statue of Brian Kelly go at that point? Oh my I don't God.
1: Know, but it would look like this yeah. <laughs> is when they put that statue up. So.
0: <laughs> and Jack, you can go ahead and exclude that video. Uh, oh my he god! Saying, he wasn't saying we're number one. All right, that's it for today. We're gonna. Well, Tim and I will be back. Predictions. Uh, predictions. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Saturday. But first, predictions.
2: I I think Notre Dame will come back down to earth a little bit. <laughs> As I said earlier in the in the podcast, I expect them to cover. So I'll go thirty-one thirteen. Boston college scoring more than 14 points feels impossible to me, barring a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. And like, no one would ever predict those things to
1: occur. I'm close to you, Pete. Um, I think Phil Dracovic, Zay Flowers and Hunter Long have combined for about 15 good plays, And Clark Lee's defense combines for about 50. Breaks the game down a little bit when you think it's 50 to 15, right? So I have Notre Dame 34, Boston college 16 range. I'm thinking, that Dracovic and Zay Flowers can get them just a couple of, some chunk gains that, and Pete made a good, or I'm sorry, Priester made a good point. They, they, they just approach the game a little differently when they play Notre Dame. Boston College yeah. is the one where you say, you you know how, the, Pete, you hate it when they say they give you your best. Boston College and Phil Dracovic and yeah, Zay Flowers not, are going to give their best. I will accept you know that cliche this week. Yes, it's, that's allowed.
0: So you guys are both suggesting that offensively, Notre Dame may leave some points on the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and. I respect Zay Flowers, the playmaker, and how Djokovic's ability to make some plays, I just don't, I mean, I don't think he's clean enough to come close to beating Notre Dame, but I think he'll make some plays. I, I, he made some plays against Clemson. He made some plays against Pittsburgh. I think he'll make some plays. I feel like
2: we should have some good Culver vibes when uh, Kyle Hamilton picks off Phil Dracovic. If it happens early, there will be an automatic uh, Yeah, Yeah, I got that tweet preloaded. If yeah. you
0: don't, they, they need to, man, across the board in college football, DBs just do not catch the ball well. What's going on, man? That's why they're DBs. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, Ian Book's got one interception this year. Are you kidding me? That's that's pretty hard to believe. Uh, I'll have my prediction in the Friday preview, and uh, until this weekend, we appreciate you joining us. It's been Irish Illustrated Insider.
1: Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.